Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Let's focus more on work-life balance. What ideas do you have that we could do as your employer to make this a better experience for everyone? I find that employees have some of the best ideas as they're the ones that are most affected. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel and I'm with today's guest, Brad Simtob. Brad is joining us from West Bloomfield, Michigan. He is the founder of Simtop Management and Investment LLC, which purchases value-add multifamily in the Midwest. Brad's portfolio consists of 758 units as a GP. As of right now, we are in mid-December of 2022, and he's got another 116 more expected in January. Brad is a returning guest. Brad, thank you very much for joining us, and how are you today? I'm doing great. I really appreciate coming back. I'm really excited for this. Listen, one. I'm excited. I want to share with the best ever listeners. I met Brad at the best ever conference. He was only 20 at the time. Yeah, 20 at the time. And blew me away. You've got to Google Joe Fairless and Brad Simtob, and you got to hear the original episode. Brad dropped out of college to the dismay of his parents 
and started this multifamily empire. He's giggling now, but listen, I also met his dad at the best ever conference. We've had your dad on this podcast as well. And that's another great conversation that we had. Your dad's first name again, Brad. Richard. So Richard. Richard. Yes. So if you Google Richard Simtob and Joe Fairless, that episode will come up. Richard talks a lot about his coming up in the franchise industry and how he saw both the landlord and tenant side of commercial real estate and now gravitates towards the commercial real estate side. And for the record, Brad did not have any handouts. He was treated as any other investor. His dad didn't really give him a leg up, maybe some introductions to investors, but that's it. So Brad, dying to hear what you got going on now. Yeah. So we started this year and every year we start with our annual planning. Where do we want to be at the end of the year? So for 2022, our goal is to be at 850 units. We're at 758 today, 10 days till the end of the year. We have another 116 units around in January. So we're very, very close to hitting our goal. I would consider it hit. We're going to be at 850 in quarter one of 2024. Uh, I'll give you the win on that one too. Yeah, but it's very exciting. So we're focusing on our acquisitions, of course, buying new properties. And we're also focusing on managing all of our properties in-house, which is a struggle as we grow but it's the best part and that's the best way we found to do it. Initially, were you not managing in-house? We we're always doing in-house management. Of course, it makes it harder to grow as fast. It's a limiting factor for us, but it's just something that we've learned to grow with, learned to become better at. Why not do a hybrid approach where on certain properties you outsource the management? Because of the way that we acquire our properties, we focus very strongly on the location of them. It almost doesn't even make sense to use any third party unless we do it for the whole city. We only buy in two cities in Michigan, Lansing, Michigan, and Kalamazoo, Michigan. So we're very focused on our management there. And as we buy new properties in each of those locations, our payroll per unit actually goes down. So we're very efficient and we build our own economy of scale. Let's dive into that. What are the challenges with managing increasing number of properties? What are the big ones? Here's another question. Have you ever turned down a deal because you didn't have the bandwidth to manage it? Yeah. That's a really good question. I have oh. turned out a lot of deals in 2022 that on paper, they look great. Even the property's in great condition, but it would really put a lot of stress onto our property management team and our leadership team of taking the properties on and having to raise the capital and get the debt for it. It would put us in a bad position. So we've probably turned down four deals just in quarter three and quarter four of 2022. What? Wait a minute. People are dying for deal flow. <laughs> and you're turning them down, do you underwrite them and possibly sell them off to somebody else? Wholesale them, partner with somebody? Yeah, so I don't do it that way. The way I do it is we underwrite the deals and of course they work on paper, so we're still really interested and I kind of push them off. So I say, let's look at it in another quarter. Give me another 90 days and let's revisit this. And a lot of times these properties don't sell. There's a reason, they're tougher properties. Some are B class, some are C class. There's not a lot of buyers out there in these two cities except us. So a lot of times we're able to push it out and we can sort of choose when we want to buy it, choose when we want to close, which is really nice. Do you get a lower price later on? Depending on the market. Right now, the way that interest rates are going up, we found that we've gotten better prices by holding off. There's a 281 unit portfolio we purchased in Lansing. We closed in October of 2022. And I looked at the deal in the beginning of 2022 and they were at $15.5 million. We ended up purchasing it for a $1 million discount as we waited later. Because of the rates? A lot of different reasons, but the biggest one is it went under contract to someone else. They walked away because of the interest rate hike. 
and I ended up going through with the deal and closed at the right price, of course. Good work. Brad, I come from the corporate background where we did a lot of mergers and acquisitions, and there was never a time where our senior leadership said, we're going to put too much stress on our people. Let's not do this deal. Listen, their goal was growing top-line revenue, right? So what would have happened if you prematurely did one of these acquisitions? What are those stress points that would have really impacted your team? It's a really good question. The one reason I like to point to of why not to stress our team is that if we do have a big mistake that comes up and if we have too much on our plate, there's more mistakes they're going to show, it's going to look bad to our investors. And our investors aren't going to want to invest with us again. And I'm only 21 years old. I need every investor that's with me today to keep on investing for my future deals. Always focused on my longevity. It's a good way. Listen, man, you're young. You don't know a lot of things. Your team will rise up to the level of expectations. So... I'm playing devil's advocate here, but I think you're wrong. Why not? Push, push, push. Go big. You're definitely right that my people can always step up, consistently overperform, and they consistently impress me day in and day out. And we nearly tripled our unit count in 2022. So if we try to buy more and we quadrupled or 5x, that's a lot of stress to put on our people as we grow. So just looking at a pure percentage basis of how much we did grow, it's still very, very large. And now when we go into 2023, we're okay and we're ready for this growth. And maybe we could 3X again or 2X again. Do you have KPIs or different benchmarks that measure efficiency, productivity, or even stress of your employees? So I don't have one that manages stress. That's one of very, that's a very hard one to track. It's more of a personable skill, but we follow the EOS system. And every week we have a scorecard for each area of our company. And we review it on a weekly basis to understand where do we need to put more attention? What do we need to do here to become more efficient? We have one for property management, maintenance, our cleaning, even our financials. It keeps it really straightforward, and we're able to look at a few documents to understand exactly where we are with our company. Have you considered starting a consulting business where you help other multifamily <laughs> operators? Of course, but then I wouldn't have enough time to focus on my own company as well. I'm always that, focused on my growth on. <laughs> that would be a reality show. Somebody that's my age, 47 years old, hiring a consultant that I've only spoken to on the phone and a 21-year-old walks in, but I would certainly welcome your advice. You're an absolute killer in this space. Okay, so what did you have to put into place to be able to take these acquisitions down? What changed from the point that you didn't want to overload your people to the point where you felt comfortable taking on these new deals? So we have quarterly meetings as part of the EOS process as well. And in each of our quarterly meetings, we discuss some of the other opportunities we have on the table. One thing about me is I just love negotiating. It's one of my strongest suits, I would say. So I always have deals that if my team's like, we're ready to buy. Let's move forward with some deals. I always have some in my back pocket I can pull from. So in these quarterly meetings, about halfway through the year, we started talking. We want to get more aggressive. We want to start buying more. We're ready for it. And I started reaching my back pocket and I started pulling these deals out. So maybe we had to pay an extra $100,000 which is a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of the deal of a $14.5 million deal, it doesn't really change the entire deal. It's worth it to get the deal done. But in terms of number of staff, processes, what specifically got your team from a point where they weren't ready for another 100 units at this point, but now they are? I hired a regional property manager. So at the beginning of this year, I managed every single property manager directly. And now I brought someone in that has 22 years of experience. They're much smarter than me in that aspect. I'm able to help guide them, sort of show them what I think the company should be ran with our processes, keep it really simple, keep everything very efficient. So 
So I'm able to help guide them and they're able to help them implement and manage them on a daily basis. So that allows me to focus on more acquisitions and make sure that we're tracking our KPIs. Brad, you mentioned EOS a couple of times. Can you share with the best ever listeners what that is? Yeah, it's called the Entrepreneurial Operating System. It's basically how we operate our entire company with annual meetings, quarterly meetings. We have weekly level 10 meetings to catch up and understand what tasks need to get done in the next week. And then we set quarter, quarterly rocks. So we know what big things above our day job to us as the leadership have to do so we could focus on growing and focus on making our company better. It keeps us really focused. What is your biggest challenge right now? And what is your biggest bottleneck? Think about that one for a second. What's your annual plan for next year? Have you done that yet for 23? We have that coming up in a few weeks, but we're going to be right between 1,200 to 1,300 units. So we're not going to completely double our unit count, but we'll be close. We're going to go from about 850 to 1,200. Okay, so why not make a plan on something that you can control? Because maybe it's growing your network of brokers, interacting with more multifamily owners in your area. Why do a unit count? Because there's a lot of factors that could come into play. You're 100% right. So that's going to be more part of our quarterly goals and some of my weekly goals, reaching out to brokers, doing direct mail, talking off market, getting lunch with people. That's part of my weekly and quarterly goals. And I make sure to do that as much as possible. I'm known to be on top of my brokers, call them usually at least once a week. And if I need something done, I'll call them daily until it gets done. But you're definitely right. Tracking the unit count is the big number that everyone focuses on. There's a lot of other smaller goals to focus on as well to make sure that you can get to this unit count. So making sure that we meet with brokers so we can hit our acquisitions, making sure we restructure our company and our org chart a little bit so we can manage effectively all the units that we do want to buy and all the properties next year. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you a real estate investor looking to break into the multifamily investing space? Have you heard of MFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 12th through the 14th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from over 60 high-level apartment investors while networking with more than 700 additional investors. If that's not enough for you, A-Rod, yep, Alex Rodriguez, 12-time Major League Baseball All-Star with over $700 million of commercial real estate assets, will be live and in person speaking at the event. Also speaking is the one and only Dr. Robert Cialdini, the godfather of influence and the award-winning author. I personally love his books. So be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event before they're gone. Go to MFINCon.com for more details. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Visit MFINCON.com today. Use the promo code BESTEVER to get $200 off your tickets. That's MFINCON.com. All right. I am incredibly impressed, but I'm also trying to find a kink in your armor. I'm trying to break you here. You've got a good answer for everything. And talking like this in front of investors, I think would be incredible. So I think that's a big part of your success. But if you have to self-criticize yourself and not the corporate job interview, what's your biggest weakness? I work too hard. I'm a type A. I'm a perfectionist. Listen, man, give me weakness. Give me your criticism. What do you need to work on and what are you not very good at? And take as much time as you want. I want to dive into this. (laughs) I think one of my biggest weaknesses is I'm not hard enough on my team to really push them to 100%. I think that they get very, very close and they always overperform. But I think if I push them more, they're able to be even more effective. So it's always about this balance of work-life balance. I don't expect any of my employees to work outside the nine to five time. I'll work till 9 p.m. I'll work at 5 a.m. Whenever I wake up is 
when I start working, whenever I go to sleep is when I'm done. But I don't expect that out of anyone else. And I know that if there's other people on our team that were just as focused like that and worked even more hours or even more efficient, then we would definitely be able to grow faster. I love that. Okay. So again, devil's advocate, Brad, why not take down that other hundred units and push your team and then find the breaking points and address them. Find out where things are being left on the table or things are being missed or your one employee becomes overly stressed and address it that way versus trying to ramp up and then comfortably grow. It's a good question. Respond with this answer, and a lot of people might not like this answer, but I'm a big believer of making sure that whatever I do and whatever we do as a company, we want to make sure that we stay happy. We want to make sure that we enjoy our life. We don't always want to be working 12-hour days every single day for the rest of our life. The reason that I started this company is, of course, I eventually want to retire. I love working long hours, and this is what I enjoy to do right now, what I want to do right now. So I'm going to keep doing it as long as I want to do it. But I think other people are in different points of their lives where they wouldn't be as happy if they did it. And I would hate to remove any happiness from someone. Yeah. And best ever listeners, if you listen to Brad's previous interview, he does take time off. He travels a fair amount. He really does enjoy life. So he's not all work. You know, he sounds like a textbook on perfection, but he does take plenty of time off. He certainly works hard as well. setting personal goals as well. So a personal goal I had for this year was to go on 15 vacations. So a weekend trip, whatever it may be, and I hit that goal. I leave tomorrow to go to Florida to be with my family for the holidays. And that is my 15th trip of the year. So I make sure that I work hard, but I also play hard. I can travel on the weekend, go Thursday through Sunday and be good. <laughs> yeah, I love that, man. Good for you for having that balance. What's your biggest challenge in finding new deals? My biggest challenge for finding new deals is making sure that we stay within our focus scope. It's very, very easy to get distracted. And I'm in Michigan, so Detroit's a huge city. And a lot of people are starting to invest there and have been investing there for a while. And it's very easy for me to see a deal there, get into it, start understanding the numbers and be like, why don't we buy this? But it's completely off from our company's vision. So it's sometimes tough to just stay focused and focused on our two cities and Eventually, we'll expand outwards to another city, but now is not the time for that. What do you say to people that say that you're short-sighted? I get that a lot. A lot of my investors ask me that. They say, why don't you purchase in other areas? And I tell them very explicitly that I wouldn't be as efficient. Our properties wouldn't be ran as well as they are now. And we wouldn't make as much money on our current properties if we expanded our focus too soon. Brad, the way you treat your employees, does that translate down to how your tenants are treated as well? Yeah, we want to make sure all of our tenants are happy. It's our passion and our purpose. We want every tenant to live in a clean, safe, and affordable apartment. That is our entire goal. I would imagine you go above and beyond. It's a great statement that you said here, but knowing you, I think you go way above and beyond. What are some things that you do to ensure your tenants' happiness? We do maintenance requests as fast as possible, especially if it's an emergency request. We've done rent credits in the past when we feel bad for the situation that they find themselves in. For example, we had no hot water in a property at Kilmazoo, and we ended up giving them a rent credit. A long situation, we had to pay thousands of dollars to replace the water here as well, but because we felt bad for the tenants in the situation, we made sure to give them a credit as well. A good example of going above and beyond. Not something that was required by us by any means. (laughs) I I feel like there's more that you do. There's definitely more that we do. We renovate our units to the fullest. We've spent a lot of money on our renovations. 
non-business stuff, personal stuff. Personal stuff. We do holiday letters to our tenants. We're working on some ideas right now of something we could do every year. Almost like a lottery situation where we pick a few tenants out of our whole portfolio and we do something special for them, like a few hundred dollars, something like that, where it wouldn't break our bank, but it would make those few people happy every year. And yeah, that's awesome. Do you have a newsletter for your tenants? We don't really do a newsletter for our tenants, no. Is there a system that you use to communicate with them? We're switching to Entrada right now, a new property management software. So we're able to email, text as needed. Right now we're a rent manager and we can basically do the same thing as well. Do you know your metrics on tenant retention versus your competition? I don't know what my competition is because I take a lot of their tenants usually, but ours (laughs) is very, very strong. When we move tenants into Lansing, into some C-class buildings and Section 8 vouchers, we find that they stay years and years and years, where every week during our weekly property management meeting, I'm known to ask every single week, do we lose any good tenants? And it's very, very rare that we ever lose a good tenant that we didn't want um, to leave. So if they had a high balance or something like that, we obviously wanted them to move out. That's incredible. Brad, what advice would you give those multifamily operators or even business owners or other asset class managers that have gotten to a point where they're inundated and their staff maybe isn't happy, they've pushed too hard. How do they get back to where you are? It's a really good question. Because I'm assuming you've not been there. Mm-mm. Not with a big staff there. at least. Yeah, okay. I've well, never imagine been there. that. Imagine that. Let's say you push too hard. How would you claw back to the serene environment that you have now? I'm always big into being vulnerable with my employees. Letting them know, if I make a mistake, I make it very clear. I go, I made a mistake. I'm really sorry. This one's on me. Even if it wasn't directly me, if it was something that I did, that still falls on me. But I would make sure I have a conversation with each of them individually and let them know, I'm really sorry for what happened in the past. Let's focus more on work-life balance. What ideas do you have that we could do as your employer to make this a better experience for everyone? I find that employees have some of the best ideas as they're the ones that are most affected by those decisions. That's incredible. Interesting story. Jamie Dimon from JP Morgan traveled the country on a bus. They would randomly stop at different JP Morgan bank branches and they would grab one of the frontline employees, get them on the bus, drive around for a bit, and they would have booze and a keg on the bus and they would just sit there, have drinks with them and ask them for ideas on how to improve. So you're doing something very similar. Mine is the booze because you just turned 21, even though I had a drink with you a year ago, which was awesome. How often do you interact with your employees? I'm not in the office every day anymore. Of course, I have an org chart. I never want to go around someone else. I don't want them to feel like I'm going around their employees to make different decisions. But I definitely try to go in at least two to three times a week. So every time I'm there, I make sure I say hi to everyone individually. So they know I'm there. If they need anything, they can always reach out to me. How big is your organization today? How many people? We have just under 30 employees. We're at 29 at the second. And you only started this at 18? I was 18 at the time in 2020. That's incredible. Brad, where can the best ever listeners get a hold of you? My email address is just my name. So brad at simtop.com. Awesome, Brad. I got to thank you again for sharing your time with us. Coming back for a second time. I know 2023 is going to have big things for you. By all means, send me an email. Come back when you've got a lot more to share or if you have any interesting deals that you've done. So thank you again. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me back. It was great, Ash. And I'll see you at Best Ever this year. I would definitely be there. I'm looking awesome. 
best ever listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so... Join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.